This is our number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host Leah Brandon is out sick this evening. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape. And we've seen so much insanity this year and a lot more of it this week, a lot more of it today with the news out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where at least three innocent police officers, including bizarrely one black man with a four-month-old child, have been murdered, assassinated by a black man by the name of Gavin Long in a 911 call ambush that was clearly racially motivated, clearly inspired by the Dallas, the success of the Dallas uh, attacks. And of course, I use the term success in quotations there. This was uh, obviously a person who is a black racist. But the news media isn't going to buy that narrative. No, 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 that doesn't fit. That's not that's not helpful. That's no, 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 no. That's not part of our script. So they're going to be desperate and they're going to have to be really desperate on this one, folks, because the the facts are so overwhelming. But it just shows how little the facts mean when they are at least willing to try really, really hard to come up with another narrative for this one. Will it be the fact that we got two former military guys have done this? Let's forget about the fact that they're they're black men who were basically said that they did these things because they hated whites. No, no, let's let's focus on maybe the the fact that they're both ex-military. What's the US military doing to our young men, black or white, there regardless because race clearly didn't play a role in this. That I'm sure that's going to be a, a narrative or the mental illness. Of course there's always the ultimate fallback position of this is a gun issue. If they just couldn't get the guns, none of this would happen. Right, sure. Did you see what happened in Nice? There was a gun involved with that, but most of the killings were, were done by a truck. Should we be banning large trucks now, too, I guess? This is this is very little to do with guns. Of course, the news media wants it to have to do with guns because they're very, very uncomfortable in calling a black person racist because I, I keep harping on this, but I cannot be overemphasize it's because that's the only not the only way it's the easiest way for you to lose your job especially as a white person so if you're a white person in the news media in the big mainstream news media your gig is very very precious you get fired you might never work again as a white person especially a white male you're gonna toe the line you are not gonna do anything that could possibly even theoretically create a racial issue. And we now live in a world where anything can create a racial issue. If you think I'm just talking out of my backside and and making stuff up, how about what happened in Memphis, Tennessee, which is directly related to all this. In fact, I wrote a column about this, which will be out some point uh, this week at Mediate, where I'm I'm now a full-time columnist there. You can see a a lot of the columns I've written recently at freespeechbroadcasting.com, which is the website for the John and Leah show. In Memphis, Tennessee, the and this is going to shock you, the the editor is a white male. The white male editor of a major newspaper in Memphis, Tennessee, wrote an extensive and 
pathetic apology for the headline in the newspaper after the Dallas attacks. You're thinking, what? A newspaper apologized? Apologized for a headline. Boy, that must have been a really horrible headline. What'd they do? Did they they identify the wrong killer? Did, did they use the wrong photograph? Did they like use a picture of Willie Horton instead of uh, Micah Johnson, make him look really horrendous? Uh, did they uh, what, they use a racial epithet? Uh, what, what, what could they have possibly done to warrant an apology over a headline? Folks, no lie, the headline for which they apologized was gunmen targeted whites. That was the headline. Gunmen targeted whites. And apparently they had a few black protesters with the Black Lives Matter signs show up at the newsroom to protest this headline, gunmen targeted whites. They were granted a meeting with the editor of the newspaper. The editor, along with the owner of the newspaper, immediately published prominently an editorial entitled, We Got It Wrong. We Got It Wrong. They acknowledged that there was nothing factually inaccurate about the headline, but that it it was insensitive, that it might have hurt some feelings of black people. And after all, in Memphis, it's a majority black city. So therefore, it was insensitive of us to write a headline that might have offended a majority of our citizens. How racist is that? That's real racism, not this fake, phony, bullcrap definition of racism that the news media likes to use whenever it fits their agenda. Now, that's real racism. That is the, as George W. Bush used to say, the soft bigotry of low expectations. You mean to tell me that because you're afraid that black people might be offended by facts? Or even worse, they might riot, cause you physical harm, that you need to apologize? Oh, that's not going to set a bad precedent. No, that's never going to come back to bite in the ass in the future. Congratulations, guys. Because now anything you write that a black person finds remotely offensive, you're going to have to apologize for. Great. Good work there, guys. It's just flat out ridiculous. But this is the world we're now living in. And because white men were in charge, they were willing to go, hands up, don't shoot. Immediately, just just don't take my job, please. What do you need? And this is not an aberration. This is this is representative of a much, much larger phenomenon, which is why the news media is so remarkably biased on this topic of race. I'm going to give you further proof when we come back. I did a TV appearance very much related to all this, specifically with regard to what we now know about the Minnesota police shooting on CNN Headline News. And I got called a racist for basically just stating facts. And I was was told I was insensitive in my body language. My body language was disrespectful. Not making this up. And this kind of stuff has a huge impact on what people are willing to say in the news media when it comes to topics of race. They're all scared crapless, folks. Except I'm too stupid to be scared. 
I've died too many times. When you, as Winston Churchill once said, there's no greater exhilaration than being shot without result. I've been shot so many times, I'm still standing. I'm not scared. So when we come back, I'll tell you and play for you what, what happened there because it directly relates to what we're seeing with regard to this absurdity of pretending that what happened in Baton Rouge was not directly related to race. This is the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. Leah Brandon is recovering from surgery. She'll be back next week. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And at freespeechbroadcasting.com, among other things, you can check out a a number of the uh, columns that I've written that are very much relevant to the uh, topics of the day and and somewhat prescient, actually, uh, about uh, what we saw horrifically occur in Baton Rouge today. Uh, specifically with regard to the news media and the way that they consistently blow race cases. And one of the articles I wrote dealt with a TV appearance I made on CNN Headline News, the Dr. Drew show, although it was being hosted by Dan Abrams, and he was the reason why I was asked on the program, because he runs the website uh, for which I write these columns, Mediate. And so Dan Abrams from uh, ABC News you probably have recognized him. He became famous in the O.J. Simpson case. He said, why don't you come on? I want you to talk about this column you wrote about the Minnesota police shooting. Because the Minnesota police shooting, much more than Baton Rouge, to me just never smelled right. Because we're basically being told to believe that a police officer, who, by the way, is not even white, just went out, stopped a, a guy driving a car, a black guy, for, for no real reason, lied about it, uh, and just decided to kill him because he's black, with a with a woman, a witness, and apparently a child in the car. Now, that just doesn't make any damn sense at all. It's far more likely that either this was a misunderstanding that created a horrible tragedy, or maybe, as the police scanner audio later proved, if we had just waited half a minute before we rushed to judgment, the police officer believed that the black man driving the car was the suspect in an armed robbery. Well, maybe he really was the suspect in an armed robbery. He had a gun with him, which we now know he did have a gun, and panicked, pulled out the gun, and got shot dead by the police officer. That makes a hell of a lot more sense than this other narrative. So I go on the show, and and there's a number of reasons why I want to play this for you, having Actually, not that much to do with the specific case, although that, I think, is relevant. It has more to do with why it is that especially white guys are so intimidated from telling the truth about these cases because of how they get treated. Here's just a small snippet. And keep in mind, when you're on these TV shows, you get no time to make your case at all. And everybody is a white male uh, who's against the media narrative, is against you. So you usually have three or four people on together. They're all against you. They're going to interrupt you at any moment's notice. And uh, here's uh, just a small snippet of me trying to make my case on CNN, CNN headline news. Why is this the media's fault? Well, Dan, first of all, we don't know 
no one does what actually did happen in that case, and that's the point. I believe very strongly that this is a classic rush to judgment, and we know it for two reasons. First of all, the subject matter, and second of all, the facts, some of which you've already covered in this show. I believe you've already proven in this show that it's a rush to judgment based upon the two different statements from Diamond Reynolds, the girlfriend in the car. The subject matter, I call them one of the two R's, race. Uh, and rape. Whenever the race or rape is involved, the news media in the first couple of days has less credibility than Donald Trump talking about his net worth. They rush to judgment on these stories all the time. And inevitably, much like uh, hands up, don't shoot, they are later right, proven to be wrong. And I believe they will be proven to be wrong right. here as the facts show. Right here on this program, we have two very different statements about what the cop allegedly knew about the gun. Why would that be, Dan? The only logical explanation for that is she found out something new. Well, she found out that the audio proves that the cop believed he was pulling over an armed robbery suspect. Yeah. That changes everything it's, in this case. All right. Now, so all I basically did was state the facts and use some logic to come up with a narrative that makes a little bit of sense, as opposed to the obvious bullcrap that the media has bought hook, line, and sinker. Well, we go to commercial, and when we come back, all hell breaks loose because there are two other commentators, both of whom are black, a black female whose credentials I don't even know, uh, but, you know, I knew that she was going to be against me because that's what she's there for. She starts attacking me, not on the substance of what I said, but because I'm insensitive and because my body language is disrespectful. Here's what that sounded like. That is an insult, and the idea Very. that your guest could be so flippant as he says it is disgusting. I'm sorry. It's just irresponsible. So, and that Spirit, is you're the saying that the truth doesn't right matter. Now. You're saying logic doesn't matter. No, what the I'm truth saying is, doesn't matter. No, what I'm saying and somehow is, we have to be more worried about feelings so than the truth. About how you are saying, do you want the answer or do you want to talk over me? What I'm I, saying I to you talk. is that you could be so disrespectful to the experience of millions of Americans in this country and act like, could that possibly even be a possibility? Tells me that I'm you looking are for something touch, that makes sir, sense. And you're disrespectful. I'm looking at the facts. No, you, I'm looking not, at something no, that makes not. sense. And I'm looking at the history no, of Black you're, Lives you're Matter and Hands Up, Don't you Shoot. To do you that. lost all your credibility with Hands Up, Don't Shoot. But, but, all right. <laughs> so now most white guys are going to be smart enough when a black female on television starts giving you the let me talk. You're going to you're going to shut up and you're going to mind your P's and Q's and act like a good altar boy because you, you want to get invited back and you don't want to be seen as racist. My goal on these shows is always to never be invited back. I mean that sincerely. That's always If I ever get invited back, I feel like, damn, I didn't do a good enough job the last time I was on. Because if I did, they would never have me back, which is why I'm very rarely ever asked on these TV shows. This was kind of a fluke situation. But what's the real relevance of this? Because I'm not exaggerating. I basically got called a racist because I stated facts in a, in a way that they felt was disrespectful, not because I said anything remotely racist, but because I was flippant or my body language was disrespectful which I don't think it was. You just heard the essence of, of what I said. You can check out the video for yourself at the, the link at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com and watch the entire episode for yourself, or at least the my appearance on that particular episode. But there's a real significant impact to this phenomenon on the way race cases are covered, which I'll explain when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. Leah Brandon is recovering from surgery. She'll be back hopefully next week. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. If you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, you can, among other things, check out uh, one of the many columns that I've written over the last couple of weeks related to the news. And uh, I believe we're rather prescient with regard to what we have seen in the latest developments today in Baton Rouge with the assassination of at least three innocent uh, police officers, very likely to have that number go up to at least four in that horrific uh, tragedy that was perpetrated by a black man by the name of Gavin Long. The news media is desperately trying to turn into some sort of anti-government right-winger. He'll be, he'll be Timothy McVeigh or the Unabomber by, by tomorrow, the way the news media is going. And if, at freespeechbroadcasting.com, you also can check out an article that I did about the TV appearance that I made this week on CNN Headline News that directly relates to this entire subject of how the news media and why the news media so often blows race cases. So you can find that at freespeechbroadcasting.com, and there's, at the link you can see the entire TV appearance for yourself. It's not particularly long because, after all, I'm, I'm a black <laughs> I'm a, I don't fit into the black narrative. I'm a white guy who's a conservative who actually cares about facts and the truth, and I'm not afraid to say what I actually believe, and I won't back down. So I don't fit into any of this. So they only have a couple minutes for me at the end of the program just to stir things up a little bit. Uh, But I urge you to check that out if you're interested. But I I do want to add a couple more thoughts on why this is significant. It's not just significant related to the issue itself, which was the the Minnesota shooting, which was critical to this whole narrative. Remember, if it was just Baton Rouge and that was it, and and that does look horrific on on video, but I still maintain let's find out what what really actually happened before we start jumping to conclusions because we've been wrong on these cases so many times before. But without Minnesota right on top of it, I don't think we have Dallas. And if we don't have Dallas, we don't have Baton Rouge. And by the way, we don't have a whole bunch of other uh, uh, episodes that aren't as dramatic that the news media is not emphasizing because there's been many other situations where police officers have been targeted across the country over the last week or so. So it's important in that context, but it's also significant in the larger perspective, which is I believe that that is a situation, what occurred when I went on CNN Headline News, is exactly why it is that these false narratives take hold in the news media. Because there's nobody with any power in the news media who has a self-interest in stepping in front of the freight train. Because that's what this ha- these things are. They're freight trains. Once they get started, especially when the issue is race, it's a freight train. Facts don't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Logic doesn't matter. And because no one will get in front of that freight train... You know, whites aren't going to do it, especially white males aren't going to do it. I mean, white males, especially white male conservatives, the the analogy I would use, not that there are that many white male conservatives in the mainstream news media, but just, heck, forget about conservative. If you're a white male in the news media on an issue of race, 
the analogy I use is, you remember the space shuttle disaster where it blew up on reentry because the, the heat shield panels had fallen off and it had lost its protection against the heat? That's what a white male is like in the news media when the, the issue is race. You're like a space shuttle without any heat shield panels. And so because of that, you're afraid of reentry. So you go nowhere near it. Let's just go along with whatever those guys say. Yeah, that's it. I have no idea what race Gavin Long is. No idea. I, I don't know what he said in the past. Uh, I'm not going to show his photograph. No, 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 because I'm a white guy, and I just want my gig, folks. That's all I want. This is a cushy gig. I'll probably never work again if I get fired and it's perceived as a racial thing. So I, the truth doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to get in front of this freight train. No way. Just let it go. So that's how these things get started. Because the media loves the story. Let's let's be clear. It's good for ratings. It's a great, easy narrative. It's literally black and white. And the reason why they don't get stopped is because no one has the balls. Because if you did have the balls, like I did on the tiny little CNN headline no headline news headline knows what what is headline knows headline news network on that little show that very few people were probably watching i basically and it's not an exaggeration got called a racist simply for stating the basic facts and giving a logical alternative scenario to the fantasy land that we've been told that the only explanation here is that a police officer just decided to kill a black guy for no other reason than the fact that he's black with a with a witness and a kid apparently in the car. That that's it's just flat out ridiculous. But so who's gonna do that? There are very few, for better or for worse, my wife might say for better, there are very few John Ziggler's out there who have any access to the news media who are going to put it on the line for something that's not going to help them at all. Because as I say constantly, people who are on television, and that's where most of this happens, they want to be invited back. Because apparently they weren't loved enough by their mothers. They're very insecure. That's what drives most of this. This is all a show. And by the way, this CNN Landline News Show, it was it's absolutely a show. I mean, off air, everyone's like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Literally having birthday cake before and after the program. It's all a big sham. In fact, <laughs> just to show you how much of a sham it is, and this has nothing to do with the issue of race. If you go and you you look at watch the link of the actual appearance, it it looks as if Dan Abrams is talking to me. Like via satellite, like he's looking into a camera, I'm looking into a camera, and we're having a discussion as if we're, you know, could be on opposite ends of the of the earth. I'm literally six feet away from him in the same room. That's what that's what much of a sham these shows are. It's all just smoke and mirrors. It's all just a, let's create enough chaos for an hour to get enough ratings so that we can keep our gigs for another day. That's what it is. And that has nothing against Dan Abrams. He had nothing to do with it. It's just the nature of these programs. They're all just a sham. It's all just show business, folks. 
But these are serious, serious issues with major consequences because when no one gets in front of the, the runaway narrative, it takes hold and people get killed. Innocent police officers get killed. And I think there is a direct correlation between the way the news media has handled this case, the fact that they have enabled positive reaction to Dallas, and that we now get a copycat in Baton Rouge. It's all direct dominoes. Now, that doesn't mean that the news media gets all the blame. I think Barack Obama deserves some blame. Black Lives Matters deserves blame. There's plenty of blame to go around. But I, I, I actually believe that without the news media, none of this happens. If the news media says, oh, by the way, there was a shooting uh, in Baton Rouge. There's a video of it. We're going to show you this once or twice. Uh, we're going to tell you that uh, we don't know for sure whether the shooting was justified. Uh, we'll get back to you once the investigation is completed. I know that would be insane, right? I mean, wow. Imagine that world we would live in. If the news media acted that way, uh, I, I don't believe those police officers in Dallas would be dead. I don't believe that uh, the police officers in Baton Rouge would be dead. I don't. But we're in a very, very precarious place here, folks, because uh, the truth doesn't matter. And I don't know why in the world anyone would become a police officer now. And the good ones are going to do everything they possibly can. The ones with the most seniority are going to do everything they possibly can to stay out of the black areas. So you're going to get less and less good policing in poor areas, in black areas, which is probably only going to cause more problems. The criminals will benefit. And, and this is going to be generational. This isn't going to be like for a few weeks. This is now set. This, this narrative is now set in the mindset of anybody even thinking about becoming a police officer. And, you know, po police are famously, not as much as they used to be, but are famously kind of a family business, you know, passed on from generation to generation. You think any cop today is going to want their son or daughter to become a police officer, especially in a big city? Seriously? You really believe that's going to happen now? I mean, we're going to be suffering because of Dallas and Baton Rouge as a country for at least a generation. And since I'm anticipating things are going to get worse from here, probably more than that. Not to mention the initial human suffering of those who were directly impacted to begin with. This is a really, really bad situation. And gee, it's just too bad that we don't have our first black president. If we had just elected a, a black president and then after he did a lousy job, if we had just reelected him just to make sure that everybody knew for, for certain that we're not racist as a country, if we had just done that, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation today. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. We, we, we actually did do that. Twice. In overwhelming numbers, we elected an unqualified black man, half black man, as president, and then we reelected him, even though he'd done a lousy job, and the guy he was running up against was a much better choice. But we just wanted to make sure everybody knew for 100% we're not racist as a country, and yet here we are, <laughs> where we're living in this fantasy world where somehow huge portions of the population and the vast majority of our news media either believes or pretends to believe 
that we're living in an inherently intrinsically racist country where black men are targeted by police for death because of their race. So much so that they now feel justified and get cheered on social media in some quarters for killing innocent police officers, even black men with four-month-old children. That's the level of insanity, folks. That's how we have left the rational, the pull of the rational earth. They've left the gravitational pull of the rational earth. There's no other way to put it. And when we come back, we'll take our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016 on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. Leah Brandon will be back next week. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, one of the uh, many columns that have been posted over the last week at freespeechbroadcasting.com under the news section of the website was uh, my predictions for Donald Trump's vice presidential bonanza. And if you read that column, you'll see very clearly that at the time I wrote it, Newt Gingrich was the overwhelming favorite, according to the news media and even according to most of the online betting sites. Newt Gingrich was the favorite to be Donald Trump's vice presidential nominee. And I very clearly predicted both in that column and on this program last week that that was not going to happen. There was no way in my mind that Donald Trump was going to choose Newt Gingrich. It made no sense to me on any number of levels, and it would have been a horrible decision. Not that that would have disqualified Donald Trump from picking Newt Gingrich, although apparently his campaign manager uh, was very much against Newt Gingrich being the pick, so much so that there's a theory that seems to have some validity that it was the campaign manager, Paul Manafort, who essentially, and this is not too strong a a way of describing it, essentially tricked Donald Trump into selecting Mike Pence, who, if you read my column, I said that Mike Pence was the selection that made the most sense, that in the rational world, that's who Trump would go with. Not that Mike Pence is a, any way, shape, or form, a game changer or a savior, just that he was the best selection among Trump's limited options for making sure that he solidified the what he could of the conservative base, make sure that there's no outright revolt at the convention this week in Cleveland, make sure that he does his best to try to appeal to that Midwestern region of the country as Pence is the governor of Indiana, and basically make sure that he doesn't get blown out. I think that Pence prevents... Granted, with Trump, you never know. But all things being equal, all things being semi-normal, I think that Pence prevents a total landslide. I think it it holds together most of the conservative base. Now, what that means for Trump's overall vote total, I don't know. I I, I still think he's going to have a hard time getting much more than 41 42%, depending on turnout of the national vote, which even in a three- or four-person race ain't going to get it done against Hillary Clinton. It's my view that Donald Trump needs to get at least 
46% of the national vote, and, and even then it would have to be spread almost perfectly from an Electoral College standpoint for him to pull the upset and to, to beat Hillary Clinton. But he didn't have many good options. I mean, Newt was horrific and, and added almost nothing. I, I never understood what Newt Gingrich was supposed to add. I mean, maybe help him in Georgia, but if he needs help in Georgia, which he may, uh, this thing's already over. I mean, if you're fighting it out in Georgia and you're a Republican, forget about it. You already lost. Uh, and the only other person that was of that stature who clearly wanted the gig was Chris Christie. And there are numerous reports. It seems too crazy to be true, but in Donald Trump's world, I guess nothing's too crazy. There are numerous reports that Chris Christie called Donald Trump in a last-ditch effort to try to convince him after he had already made it clear he was picking Mike Pence to be the vice presidential nominee. But uh, Trump, while the reports indicate that he was having second thoughts after having choosing Pence, decided against giving Christie what he wanted, and I guess Christie's now back to what? Getting coffee and dry-cleaning. So it's no no vice presidential selection for Chris Christie, but you still have that gig as the uh, the guy who takes care of uh, Donald Trump's dry cleaning, gets his coffee, carries his coat when necessary. How pathetic has Chris Christie become? This is a guy who fairly late in the pre-primary process in two, 2012 was at the Ronald Reagan Library where I live very close to there, he was at the Ronald Reagan Library being begged, literally begged, on C-SPAN that was carrying the event, being begged by conservatives at the Ronald Reagan Library to run for president. And since then, he <laughs> has effectively helped Barack Obama get reelected with the, the proverbial or metaphorical hug that he gave Barack Obama after Hurricane Sandy. Definitely slobbered all over him. He may not have technically hugged him, but he, he didn't help matters, and he clearly helped Obama. And then he takes out Marco Rubio to no end for himself because he ended up dropping out right after the New Hampshire primary. So he attacks Marco Rubio in a murder-suicide. He then sells his soul to become Donald Trump's coat boy, and then he doesn't even get the vice presidential nomination. I guess he's going to hold out hope that he can be attorney general. But in order to be attorney general, guess what? you got to have a winning candidate. And I still don't see how Donald Trump is a winning candidate. To be clear, I think there's a very good chance he doesn't get, as I've already stated with Pence, he does not get blown out. I've never said I was certain this was going to be a landslide, depending on your definition of landslide. I think it's going to be probably somewhere in the range of what McCain lost by or what Romney lost by, somewhere around there. That's the most likely scenario. But I don't see how Trump actually wins. The only way Trump wins is if he wins every state that Romney did, and there's several of those that are going to be tough, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, maybe even Utah, those are going to be tough, but it's doable. But then he also has to somehow win Florida. That's a biggie. That's going to be tough, especially after you've been pissing off 
Cubans for the entire primary, and you desperately need huge Cuban turnout as a Republican to win Florida. You got to win Ohio. That's going to be really tough since the governor of Ohio, Republican John Kasich, isn't even willing to go to his own convention in his own state to support you. So how are you going to pull that one off? And then you got to win Pennsylvania, which I think is is doable. I think it's actually doable that Donald Trump could win Pennsylvania. But there's no margin for error because those are the only states he can possibly win. The Romney states plus Florida, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Any other scenario, he loses, folks. When we come back, I'll talk about what's going to happen at the convention this week in Cleveland on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 